everybody, and welcome to episode number 33 of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts, brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Christen, and thanks for listening. We always appreciate you checking us out each week, whether you do so on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide, or one of the various podcast outlets that you can find us each week. This week we are talking Bowling Green State University baseball, as over the last couple of weeks, the BG baseball program has been eliminated by the university, and recently, alumni and various donors have gathered $1 million in funds to try to revive the program, and joining me to talk about that is the Blades Bowling Green beat writer, Nick Petrovich. Hello, Nick. How are you? Hey, Corey. What's up? Uh, not much. Last time we talked, you mentioned that you were channeling your inner Everett Lagasse, if you will. So what's new on the menu at your house? I'll start there. Uh, not much. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find a good recipe for wheat bread, and I haven't been able to do it yet. I've, uh, I have, my, my main bread is good, but the, the wheat bread recipes I've tried, I just haven't loved. So I'm still, I've tried like three or four different ones. That's the, that's the next hurdle to clear. You said main bread. What's the main bread then? Well, I use when I use traditional bread flour. I'm trying to figure out how to use wheat flour. Feels like sand, and uh, in a couple of the cases, tastes like it too. So I'm trying to create something that tastes good out of it. It's an acquired taste, I should say. Wheat bread is. I like it, but I've never tried to bake it either. So bread baking in general is something that's I found at least difficult to master. So at least you're dipping your toes into that water per se. As far as my cooking ventures, I've tried to explore with different meat blends, so making burgers with brisket and just little bits of different beef shredded in there. So I'm trying to get creative with a good burger. Trial and error right now. But as far as the sports world's concerned, uh, everything, most of everything, I should say, is shut down by the coronavirus pandemic. And as a reaction to that, a lot of NCAA athletics programs are finding ways to recoup some of that lost profit. Studies have said that cutting sports isn't the best thing to do, but if it's absolutely necessary, then schools will do it. Well, Bowling Green State University on May 15th determined that the baseball program uh, was one of those things that needed to go. And this isn't just an athletics issue. This is a university-wide issue. They're trying to recoup some of those lost damages. So, Nick, let's kind of go back to that May 15 date. Was this a thing that either you or anybody that, you know, is close to that university, is this something that could have been seen coming, or was this really that blindsided feel that the university was going to cut this program? I had a bad feeling about this pretty much from the moment it started, simply because over the years, I've done quite a bit of reporting on the finances in the MAC. And I covered the Big Ten for a few years. I covered the ACC for a few years. And the group of five schools, it's just different. It's way different. And in Bowling Green's case, um, their budget is, you know, a half, a third of some of what, a fourth of some of these big programs, uh, even in the Big Ten and the Midwest. And there isn't a Ton, there isn't a lot of fat on that budget where you have the opportunity to say there's a rainy day fund. I mean, most of these budgets are subsidized at 50-plus percent anyway. Uh, in Bowling Green's case, 
students literally pay for half the athletic department. Student fees, which are mandatory and collected with tuition, are, are pretty much what keeps this thing, this whole thing float. And when everyone started talking about, you know, ways that this was going to create financial exigency, it, it became really apparent that schools were going to have to make some really hard decisions. And in Bowling Green's case, um, the university said it felt like it was in a fairly decent position because the university itself had a rainy day fund, but on the athletic side, the university doesn't bring in a ton of a ton of money. And when you're talking about huge reductions potentially in enrollment, when you're talking about less money from the state, when you're talking about we don't know if there's a football season that's going to happen, and Bowling Green's due to make like $1.7 million in game guarantees this year, that's a lot coming out of the pie. And a lot of the schools that are facing the same thing Bowling Green is, where you're looking at that and saying, all right, how can we make this work? And one of the easiest ways to make it work is changes to your athletic profile in which you remove a team. And that's the option they took. I don't consider that a particularly creative option, but at the same time, I'm not the one behind the table, you know, having to make the decisions. So why baseball? Was it just because of the money that it would make up versus how much they actually spend on the sport? Why baseball for that sport to be cut? Well, I think everyone in college sports in general, but especially in the group of five, they're going to protect football and basketball at all costs. In Bowling Green's case, they're probably the crown jewel of the athletic department is the one sport they can actually win a national championship in is hockey, and that wasn't going to go. So then you start looking at all the other sports. If you're going to cut a women's sport, you probably will have to cut a men's sport too uh, due to Title IX restrictions. And then even in those cases, the, the next most expensive sport is baseball. And you can cut baseball and scholarships and stuff in it, still stay above the NCAA D1 minimum, still meet all the Title IX um, you know, laws that are in place. And that was an easy way for them. They need to save $2 million bucks, and they estimated even if every baseball player were to stay in the school on scholarship, right there you get 25% of it. That they thought it would say 500. The operating expenses for baseball are about 775k per year. So after your three money sports, that's the that was the next most expensive one. You mentioned that a good portion of the athletics department budget comes from student tuition and fees. The thing that a lot of people I feel like forget, at least I do, is. The fees part, there's lab fees, there's books, there's all kinds of stuff that when students get to campus, they're charged for, and that helps account for some of that budget. Without students on campus, and it could be the case come this fall, and thinking about the concept of having students on campus, do you think the university is trying to get ahead, or how are they trying to get ahead of all of this because they cut that baseball program? Yeah, I mean, they know that they're going to be in real financial hot water, which is how all of this started. They had a board of trustees meeting the same day, um, and were, they went. the first thing they did was go into executive session, which, you know, told me that stuff was going down that day. And that's even talking about baseball is not to gloss over the university side. More than 100 people on the university side lost their jobs, and a significant amount of people, a decent amount of people in the athletic department lost their jobs too. So 
it wasn't just baseball that felt this. this is, the coronavirus has kind of been, its tentacles have kind of been in everything. That's why this has just been so different. And when you looked at it from a broad perspective, there just wasn't any part of the university that it didn't touch. And on the sports side, that was the baseball happened to be the fall guy. There has been a fundraiser started to recoup some of those funds. And over the last week, this fundraiser has surpassed $1 million. And it's been kind of a collaborative effort between BGSU alumni and families and friends. You've talked to a number of these BGSU baseball alumni, even current players. What's that current vibe around the potential of saving the program? I guess I could ask about how they felt about it going away, but I think we all have a feeling of what they were feeling. But how do they feel this fundraiser is going to help revive the program? Well, at this point, they're hopeful, and I think probably with good reason. Of course, the thing that they were upset about in the beginning was that they didn't have this chance in the first place. Most of them had no idea that the baseball program was up to be cut. So they just get the news, and it's like their thought was, well, why didn't we have any say in this? Not that there's ever a huge public debate when the administration cuts a team. However, this, I think, is probably felt a little more personally at Bowling Green than anywhere else. Just in my lifetime, the school cut uh, cut tennis, it cut men's track, uh, it cut almost cut hockey, and everyone saw this happen about 10 years ago where the administration was going to cut the hockey program and then people rallied to the point where it got saved. They had a huge capital campaign that literally kept the team afloat. And, you know, 10 years later they were back national contending. They were in a national tournament again. And I think everyone on the baseball side saw that and said, well, why didn't we have that chance? So after the cut, they have kind of taken it into their own hands to create an alternative funding source to allow the school to have baseball. Still, what their ultimate aim is, is to create an LLC that will fund the program um, over a, the, their goal has always been a five-year plan. So they're looking for committed contributions uh, over that window to help out the program. And, but time is of the essence. That's going to be the tough part with this. But so far, they're, they're crossing about 40% of their goal. Their goal is about $3.5 million. So, I mean, even as much money as they've, they've funded, and they, their last announcement was $1.3, that's not even quite two baseball seasons. So if they want this to be a five-year thing, these next couple of weeks are going to be very important. Well, I'll say that getting $1.3 million out of the projected $4 million across that five-year period, getting that in a week, that's – at least a positive sign in terms of community support and alumni support. I look at the Mid-American Conference as a whole, and we've seen Central Michigan cut its track and field team. We've seen Akron get rid of men's golf and women's tennis and men's cross country. The coronavirus is a situation that's affected all of us, but in different facets, in different ways. When you look at these mid-major programs and group of five schools, more so than the Power 5 schools, they have to kind of react even sooner or I don't want to say react more drastically, but maybe just that. Do you think that more could be coming if this situation or we're still in a similar state once the fall does roll around? Yeah, because what a lot of people don't understand, there's a lot of myths I think that go on in 
the funding of college athletics. What a lot of people don't understand is that most of the group of five schools couldn't afford what they were doing already. So then you had something that is a once-in-a-century event that touches everything the way coronavirus has, and every single school is feeling this on the bottom line, where if you are projecting losses of uh, enrollment of, you know, 10-plus percent, like in Bowling Green's case, they collected $13 million in student fees in 1819. If 10% of your students come, don't come back, that's $1.3 million right off, off the budget right there. So everyone has had to get creative, I think, with, with how to do this. Now, a lot of the people um, who have monitored economists, particularly in Mac faculty, have been, you know, pretty up in arms about this for years about the way athletic departments spend money. Um, this may be the thing that finally, some, there's been some hope that this may be the thing that finally changes that in some way. However, um, they have criticized cutting sports. They said you don't have to cut sports because of the goodwill that you lose over the, the course of years. But, yeah, it's, it's a super interesting time, and I don't think this is the end of it. When I look at the alumni that have come through Bowling Green and then the support they have offered to the school, there's a double-edged sword that could be approaching this campaign here in that they could have enough funds eventually and they could find a way to revive the program. But right now there's the concept that nearly every BG baseball player has entered the transfer portal. So then it would become about recruiting and finding players. From some of the current players that you've talked to, what do you see that some of their plans are to either continue playing baseball or are they going to stay at the university? Nearly every one of them wants to continue playing baseball. And their first, for most of them, their first and most important goal is to continue doing Bowling Green. If Bowling Green can save the program, I think the majority of them will stay at Bowling Green. And that's really the wild card in all of this. Is that with all these kids in the portal, they can talk to other programs, but they can't wait around forever. And there are more variables in the transfer portal now than probably ever before. I mean, you had a, you've had a couple different schools completely cut baseball, and you're also dealing with the fallout from the end of last season. So the NCAA allowed every spring sports senior to preserve the year of eligibility, but essentially left it up to the conferences and the universities as to whether they actually wanted to welcome their seniors back for another year. So. The, one of the, the word one of the BG players used to me in an interview was messy. A lot of rosters are messy right now. And he's right because when you have an equivalency sport like baseball is where guys are typically only getting a fraction of a scholarship and you're piecing together your total number of scholarships, um, you know, in the aggregate when each guy gets, you know, 15, 25, 30%, half, half scholarship, whatever it might be, it's a really tough situation to piece that together when you now have, you're essentially adding a recruiting class that you didn't know you had with your seniors, you've already signed a class, and then who knows whether you have room for any other guys in the transfer portal. Additionally, some of the guys have said that, well, if I go to another group of five school, it's legitimately a worry for me that they could get cut too. So it's a really hard time to decide what the future is, and I think if, if BG can flip this around, quickly to the point where they say, all right, well, this fundraising effort makes too much sense. We're going to keep baseball because they they funded it. 
and why not keep it, then I think most of the guys would stay. If this thing loses steam, I think in the next month, then they're going to have to think really hard about whether they want to stay at Bowling Green on scholarship or jump into that transfer portal. Real quick, Nick, you mentioned BG Hockey earlier, and one of its WCHA rivals, uh, Alabama Huntsville, they, they're announcing that they're cutting their hockey program too. And I'm not suggesting that the same thing could happen for BG, but I know that there were efforts to revive the Central Collegiate Hockey Association, and BG was thought to be in that mix to join the, the new league. Do you see any kind of wrenches being thrown into that, or how could this affect the BG hockey program? Yeah, the CCHA as it stands now, that's still going on. Um, the seven schools that are going to leave the WCHA are still on track to do that. The bigger question to me is what starts happening if dominoes start falling elsewhere, because there are some hockey conferences that are not particularly regional. There is a huge push in all college sports to look at a little bit of regionalism, which kind of got trampled over during the, the big conference realignment wave last decade. Um, and for the the three schools that didn't get invited, they weren't going to have leagues anyway. Huntsville just up and said, we're, we're not having hockey anymore. Um, the Alaska schools were in huge financial crisis before this. But, yeah, uh, the CCHA, which kind of prioritized regionalism anyway, um, is starting to look like a better and better move for BG Hockey. I don't think the BG Hockey program is going to go either, but could any other sport, maybe, again, the Mid-American Conference, so we could look at University of Toledo as well. Will this be a time-will-tell kind of scenario to see if other sports are affected? I don't want to say cut as a drastic term, but could we see other sports be affected if this pandemic continues even through college football season? Yeah, I mean, that's the next big domino is, is the football season. I think they will try and find some way to play it, but because this is being left to individual states, it's really hard to say what's going to happen. I mean, I can't imagine a scenario when the SEC says we're not going to play, but what happens to the college football season if the Pac-10 says no football this year? What happens to the Big Ten if, say, Rutgers and Michigan and Iowa say that, all right, well, we don't think – we don't think it's appropriate to play without our students. So we're not going to. I, it's, there's just so many factors that go into it. I have no idea. I have no idea what's next. However, if they don't play, if there's no football, that is going to impact absolutely everyone that feels it. One last thing here before we let you go. Uh, if anybody wants to find more information about this fundraiser that BG Baseball alumni are getting together and want to contribute, where can they look or who could they contact? They are encouraging anyone who is interested to receive information or potentially contributing. Um, when they said no donation is, any, is too big or too small um, to deal with a, um, you know, address that they have set up specifically for this, uh, pretty much they send all their information, updates, and stuff like that. It is savebgsubaseball1 at gmail.com, and they want uh, – any corporations, any people, any entities that are interested in keeping baseball at the school, they get in touch with them. There you go. Nick, we know you've been very hard at work, and you've been grinding out these stories with, with everything that's going on at BG, and uh, we appreciate the time, we appreciate the effort, and uh, good luck with your wheat bread endeavors. 
<laughs> Thanks, Corey. <laughs> you got it, Nick. And for those of you at home, thank you for taking time to listen to Glass City Game Time this week. If you enjoyed the show or want to check up on previous episodes, last few weeks we've been very fortunate with guests. We've talked to Fox Sports Detroit reporter and Delta native Johnny Kane. We've talked to new Central Catholic girls basketball coach Erica Haney. And last week we had Detroit Red Wings coach Jeff Blaschel on. So please feel free to check those episodes out. Please feel free to subscribe where podcasts are found. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, on Spotify, and you can find us every week on ToledoBlade.com and Blade News Slide. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it and leave a like rating. That goes a lot further than you think. So, for Nick Petrovich, my name is Corey Christen. Thank you for listening to Glass City Game Time, and I will talk to you next week.